Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Football CU Podcast. This is Andrew with you again this week. And today we're going to go over the Week 14 preview, going over all the games on the Week 14 slate, as well as talking about that pretty entertaining Patriots and Steelers game. But first, as we always do, we have to start with the Word of God. Really important to begin anything with that. And we're going to go to the book of Philippians. I believe we were there last time. Um, And we're going to go over chapter 4, verse 12. And a little context here. This, the writer of this book, in this particular chapter, he was in prison during this time. And he is writing this while he's in prison. Just something to think about. This is what it says. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. So he's saying here that throughout his whole life, when he was flourishing or when he's in prison currently as of that writing, he has learned to be content in every situation, to be happy and thankful for whatever God gave him, even in plenty, even in low and want. He's content with what God is giving him because God always provides. Okay, now let's look at this Patriots and Steelers game. What a crazy game this was. Everyone was expecting the low to hit. Um, The projected score for this game was 30 points, I think it was, somewhere around there. Everyone was saying, no, it's going to be lower. It's going to be lower. Well, turns out, the over hit on this one um and it hit by fairly wide margin they scored a total of 39 points um and it was it was pretty entertaining the patriots came out to a high scoring start bailey zappy was insane it's it's like it was like the zappy hour it was it was zapping um he just looked really good he moved the ball well their offense looked like a functional offense for once in a long time and it was it was good to see and but the biggest story though was ezekiel elliott yes their tight end yes hunter henry he scored twice but he only had three catches i think on four targets something like that so that's one of those random fluke kind of a games but ezekiel elliott had 29 total touches and if ramondre stevenson's going to be out for any longer which is very possible that should continue he should continue to see a majority of the volume and as he showed he has fresh legs because he hasn't been used much he can pay off so that's something to keep on keep your radar on if he didn't get picked up for whatever reason go get him and if you do have him on your roster you can feel comfortable starting him as a solid rb2 if Romandre misses and if Romandre starts if he plays then Zeke is a solid flex play I think they're going to want to get him the ball more even when Stevenson comes back. And for the Steelers, the Mitch Trubisky show just, it kind of turned out as expected. He has heart, he fights, but he just doesn't have it. He doesn't have enough talent to really get the job done. Deontay Johnson, he did okay. He had a few targets, a little bit of yards. He scored. But the biggest thing here to me is George Pickens. I think he's just totally checked out. He's not running routes that he wants to run. 
not getting targets. He's just out there doing cardio, basically. And you look on the sidelines, he is checked out. If any coach can get into him and get him um, back playing hard, it's Tomlin. But that concerns me. And the running backs, they didn't do all that great, but it's kind of what's going to be like going forward. They're going to split the touches. Warren, more of the passing down back. Harris, more of the goal line back. So they're both kind of flex plays. And that kind of kind of sucks for us. Unless one of them gets hurt, then the other one's a start, a must start. But for now, they're both kind of flex plays. All right, now let's get into the Sunday slate. Let's start with the Buccaneers and the Falcons. The Buccaneers, they their offense is really solid. They move the ball well. Mike Evans, he's he's like on a Hall of Fame career. Every year he gets a thousand yards. It's just like clockwork, and he's gonna get by and get open a lot against this Falcons defense because their number one corner might miss this game again, and their backup corner is like. Five seven five eight. He's not that tall, and I don't think it's going to work very well against Mike Evans. Um, but the biggest thing for the Buccaneers is Chris Godwin. He's just has kind of faded away into almost a George Pickens-like thing, except he's not kind of sad on the sidelines. He's still playing hard. Last week, he got a rushing touchdown, which kind of saved you, but he had no catches. I think that'll change. I think their coach has kind of stated that they want to look at getting him more involved, which is a very good idea because he's a great player. So I think this could be a game where Chris Godwin, he gets a handful of targets and a handful of catches and really pays off um, as a solid flex play for this week. And for the Falcons... Um, their offense has been it's been okay of late. Bichon's getting a lot of love, and we love to see that. We want him to get the ball more often. Um, and their pass catchers have just been okay. Drake London, he's a flexish play. Kyle Pitts, if you feeling lucky, if you're feeling lucky, you can put him in there. But he is so up and down, such a roller coaster ride. I don't want him in my lineup. The only one I'm comfortable with is Bijan Robinson. And the rest of their schedule, Bijan Robinson for against run defenses looks great. He is a great playoff starting running back for the rest of this way to lead you to a possible championship. Next game we have the Lions and the Bears. I think this is going to be a competitive game. Last time the Lions and Bears played, the Bears almost won. They should have. But the Lions stormed back and pulled it off. This time it's at Chicago, so crazier things have happened. But for the Lions, what we're looking at here is Sam Laporta looks like the real deal. He went off last week, and it was crazy. Amon Ross St. Brown is still a top seven receiver, maybe even top five. He is so good. Um, and Jared Goff, he he likes to focus in on his guys. So Amon Ross is going to get a ton of targets. Laporta's getting a good amount of targets, and the running backs as well. Jameer Gibbs, he's, of course, their pass down back. I think this week is going to be the Jameer Gibbs week because the Bears' run defense is pretty decent. Um, so David Montgomery, he's their main between the tackles, you know, pounded up the middle. I think he's going to have a little bit more difficulty this week. He's still going to be a solid flex, even RB2 type of player, but I think Gibbs this week. He has RB1 upside, so I'm, I'm comfortable with him. And for the Bears, I think Justin Fields and DJ Moore might go off this week because the Lions defense, it's, it's been really kind of poorish, really bad. 
the last month or so. Um, and last week they played um, Justin Fields. I think he ran for like over 100 yards or something crazy. So they he could do the same thing this week. So I'm really comfortable with my lineups. In fact, they're in my DFS lineups this week. I'm hoping that cashes in well. Next up, we have the Colts and the Bengals. And this one for the Colts looks like Taylor's going to miss again. They're, they're saying that he's trying, but no, nah, he's I think he's going to miss again. So it's going to be the Zach Moss show again. Last week, Zach Moss had all the opportunities, but he just couldn't cash it in. Just couldn't get in the end zone. But that was a good, a really good Titans defense. This week, I think, is the week where he is going to score maybe once or twice. I think this week is going to be a really good Zach Moss week. You can plug him in and feel comfortable with RB2, possible RB1 numbers. I have him in my DFS lineup, and I feel really confident in him this week. And for the Bengals, their offense looked really good last week against the Jaguars. Problem was, I think this is key, the Jaguars, they don't really have much of a pass rush. Um, they just they don't get home other, other than with Josh Allen, the non-quarterback Josh Allen. He's really good, but they got, kind of kept him in check last week. And so Jake Browning for the Bengals had all day to dink and dunk, throw a couple bombs when he needed to, and he looked great. This week, I'm a little bit more concerned because the Colts' pass rush is much better than the Jaguars' was. So I think they're going to be able to get after Browning a little bit more. So I wouldn't expect 34 points from the Bengals this week. They'll be fine, and pass catchers are going to, of course, you're starting Jamar Chase. T. Higgins, I'm a little bit more concerned about because he just hasn't done anything this year. If you have a better option, I probably would lean that way. But my biggest takeaway for the Bengals this week is expect a little bit lower scoring than last week because the Colts defense, it's actually been playing pretty well. Next up, we have the Jaguars and the Browns. For the Jaguars, what's crazy to see is Trevor Lawrence is trying his absolute best to get in this game. I kind of think he might just do it. I don't know. I'm like 60-40 thinking he's going to play opposed to not, which is wild to think after how it looked in that game last week. But the biggest problem is Christian Kirk is on IR now. So he's going to be out for at least the next four weeks, which is basically the rest of the regular season. So that really hurts their pass game because he's been just the just the go-to whatever com- whatever Trevor Lawrence needed. He was his comfort zone. Just dip it down to Christian Kirk or Evan Ingram. To the plus side, though, that means more targets for the other guys. More targets for Calvin Ridley. He might be something to look into. More targets for Zay Jones. I think he might be the one that benefits a little bit better. Um, But the biggest one is Parker Washington. He might be something in this offense because he stepped in whenever um, Christian Kirk got hurt last week, and he actually scored, I believe. He played really well. So if he is available on waivers, I would feel okay by going over and picking him up um, and starting him possibly, possibly as a flex or as... um, maybe even like a wide receiver three, depending on your league, because he looked really good, and he's going to be their slot guy. And Trevor Lawrence, he loves to dip dip it down to the slot pretty much every chance he can get when he's getting rushed. So I would feel good there. But it is against a good Cleveland defense, so I, my expectations aren't necessarily super high, but they're solid, especially if Lawrence plays. If Lawrence doesn't play, 
I'm kind of out on the whole Jaguars offense, um, other than maybe Travis Etienne, just because he is so good. Next up, we have the Cleveland Browns in this game. Now, for the Browns, it's kind of not, we're not sure who's going to be starting at quarterback for them. It's kind of been up and down. They're saying, yeah, we're going to take a look and see if it's Flacco or if it's DTR. Um, I kind of think I would prefer Flacco in this instance because he at least knows how to run an offense and he gets the ball to the guys he needs to. Other big thing, though, is Amari Cooper might play, but he might not play. So keep an eye on that. If he does, then you feel good with starting him in a pretty decent matchup. If he doesn't, then Elijah Moore is your guy. Make sure to get him in your lineup, start him, and be happy about it. Next up, we have the Panthers and the Saints. Man, the Panthers' season has been awful. It's just been bad. But here lately, I think they've been kind of leaning more toward the youth movement. Chuba Hubbard and Jonathan Mingo. They've been the guys that have been getting the ball funneled towards them. That could continue. The Saints defense is pretty decent. It's been not as good as late. They're missing some pieces, especially in the back end at corner. But um, if you have a Jonathan Mingo or a Chuba Hubbard, you're going to feel okay. Of course, you're starting Thielen just because he's their best receiver. But they've been getting the ball to Chuba Hubbard and Jonathan Mingo a lot more here lately. And for the Saints, oh man, they're dealing with a lot of injuries. I if I was going to guess, I would guess Derek Carr is not going to play, which means it'll be Jameis Winston, which honestly isn't a huge change. Um, Derek Carr is more accurate, more focuses than on ball control, but Jameis Winston just chunks it deep, and that's what Chris Olave does best. So if Winston plays, you're loving that Olave play as long as he plays too. He's dealing with a little illness, I believe, but I think he'll be all right. Um, and then Rashid Shahid is still on IR. I think that um, Taysom Hill is dealing with a little bit of injury as well, but I think he'll play. Um, the biggest thing, though, is Alvin Kamara. He should get involved early and often because I think the Saints should have an okay lead in this game, and he should be the focal point. Just grind this game out, get him 20, 25 touches, and go get a win. And I, he's a he's like a top five play for me this week. He's going to be really good against that Panthers defense, which is okay, but not great. Next game we have is the Texans and the Jets. This is going to be interesting. For the Texans, man, that injury to Tank Dell is just horrible. And it's something that he wasn't really doing anything either, just blocking on a goal line push and got rolled up on. And it's just awful. You feel bad for the kid. Um, but with him being out for the rest of the year, it's going to be Nico Collins, Noah Brown, a little bit of Robert Woods and Dalton Schultz. But for this week, this week's going to be interesting because Nico Collins is going to get the Sauce Gardner treatment. That's tough. Dalton Schultz has been in and out of practice. He missed Friday's practice, so I kind of think he's going to miss. So I think this is going to be the Noah Brown game. I think the Texans are going to kind of be a little bit more conservative, protect the ball, grind it out. They probably won't score that much, but Noah Brown might get by with a big bomb and just get like a 50-yard touchdown. He's capable of that. I think he's going to play the slot. I think he's going to take over for kind of the Tank Dell role. So if he's out there on waivers, pick him up and you can feel decent starting him. I have him in my DFS lineup as well as their backup tight end, Jordan. He played really well last week and over the middle, that's where you want to focus against the Jets. 
And for the Jets, um, Brees Hall has been dealing with a little bit of an injury here the past couple of days, but it sounds like he's going to go, and it sounds like they're going back to Zach Wilson. So, you know, go back to Mr. Comfortable, what they've had for the past eight games this year, and, well, 11 games, I guess, because he didn't start two games. So, I, I don't know. It's going to be back to the same old, same old, where Garrett Wilson will get decent targets. Um, but nothing that's going to be accurate or pushing the ball downfield. It's going to be dink and dunk to tight ends and running backs. So it's going to be the same old thing. Texas defense is pretty good. So I feel a little bit lowered expectations for Garrett Wilson, but you probably still have to start him. Next up is the Rams and the Ravens. This is going to be a fun game. For the Rams, Pukunuku is so good. Kyron Williams is so good. You're plugging them in and feeling really happy, even against a good Ravens defense. The biggest thing is Cooper Cup. He just doesn't look like himself. I don't know if he's dealing with an injury. I'm not going to say he lost a step because just last year he looked great before he got hurt. And he had a couple of really good games this year too. I really, I'm not sure what it is. Maybe if it's game plan, defenses are scheming for him, um, shadowing all their coverage, and Puka's just been open, and Matthew Stafford just been getting the ball to the open guy. Could be that. Or maybe Puka's just that good, and Cooper Cup's not getting that many targets. Cup bailed you out with a touchdown last week, so you're kind of hoping for that again. But the Ravens' defense is pretty decent. And for the Ravens, Lamar Jackson's dealing with an illness, but I think he'll give it a go. Um, and then, say, Flowers has been really doing better here lately. You feel good plugging him in as a wide receiver two possibility. And Keaton Mitchell... That's the guy I want to focus on. He's been getting more and more touches, a little sneakily being playing more than Gus Edwards, and he is so explosive. I think you can plug him in your lineup as maybe a flex for now until you really continue to see it, because it's been kind of up and down, kind of roller coastery. But he at least needs to be on your roster. And I have him starting in a couple lineups this week. I think I think he might get he might get loose for one or two touchdowns. I don't know. I have a strange feeling that this could be a Keaton Mitchell game. Next up, we have the Vikings and the Raiders. Jefferson is back. Let's go. JJ for the win. It's so good to see him back. Um, he's going to truly change this offense. I don't know if it's me being a Vikings fan, me being a homer, but I have a feeling. just have a strange feeling. They had their bye week. They're sticking with Josh Dobbs. They probably revamped some things. Kevin O'Connell is a really good offensive play caller, even though the past two games he has not done a good job. I just don't think he's had time to really incorporate with Josh Dobbs as well. I think this could be the game where he starts that starts that incorporating those different type of plays, RPOs, bootlegs, those things. And I think this could be a high-scoring Vikings game. I'm starting Justin Jefferson. I'm starting TJ Hawkinson. I might even think about starting Josh Dobbs if you're really needing a quarterback to play this week. Addison, on the other hand, I don't know. I need to see that he can thrive alongside J.J. It's been a while. He was still learning things when J.J. was in there, so I don't, I don't know. I'm not playing him yet, but he has the potential to be able to be a decent um, flex-ish play with J.J. back in the lineup. And then for the Raiders, um, they're... They're pretty much a simple team. They're, you're starting Devontae Adams, starting Josh Jacobs, and that's usually the extent of it. The Vikings defense is good, but what are they weak against? 
downfield, pushing the ball downfield because they play a lot of soft one-on-one coverage, a lot of zone on the back end, and their corners are probably their weakest part, even though they've been playing pretty well. So Devontae Adams, he'll get loose for a couple passes. That always happens. Look at every game past couple weeks against the Broncos. Cortland Sutton scored a deep touchdown against the Bears. DJ Moore had a long catch toward the end of the game. So Devontae Adams will do that. You can start him and be comfortable with it. Um, and then Jacoby Myers, he you could start him as well um, as a mini flex type play because maybe the Vikings really try their best to cover Devontae Adams with one or two guys and Jacoby Myers is over there by himself, maybe against a linebacker or um, a safety, and he's a really good player. So those are the guys you're starting, and that's pretty much it. Aiden O'Connell's okay, but I think he's going to be under duress this game. He, he's, I think he's going to have at least one or two turnovers, either a fumble or a pick. Next up we have, this is a very important game, but I don't think they're going to really do much, the Seahawks against the Niners. For the Seahawks, they played their hearts out last week. I tip my hat to them. They almost pulled out a win against the Cowboys, but they're just not good enough to keep up with these guys. And this game against the 49ers, I think it's going to be similar where they're going to play hard, but I don't think they're really going to come through with a win. And I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. It's They got a tough schedule for them for this game. Um, Charbonnet and Walker are trying to give it a go. They're both dealing with them injuries. I don't know if I feel comfortable starting either one, honestly, especially if they both play. If one of them's out, then sure, the other one's a flex, maybe RB2. But if they both play, I don't really want to touch them this week against this really good 49ers team. Um, DK's fine. He'll he'll get his touches. And same with um, JSN. He's actually getting a little bit more love here lately. So he could be someone that you can put in a flex play. Um, because he's kind of taken targets away from Tyler Lockett, who I am worried about. He had a decent amount of targets last week, but he didn't do anything anything with them. So keep an eye on Lockett. If you have him on your team, he might be kind of a, a bench guy going forward, depending on how he plays this week. Next up, we have the Bills and the Chiefs. This one's going to be a really good one, possibly the second biggest game of the year next to another game we'll get to. And this one's dealing with a lot of injuries, honestly. For the Bills side, Dawson Knox is going to be back. I think it's going to change their playbook a little bit. They were going with three receivers, one tight end. I think they might go back to where they started, which is two tight ends and two receivers for a majority of their snaps. And that's going to do a couple things. One, it's going to lower um, Shakir's route involvement. He's probably going to be less involved in the play calls. Um, and it's going to be Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis mainly as receivers. It's going to limit Dalton Kincaid a little bit. I don't think you can put that genie back in the bottle, so to speak. But Dawson Knox is going to command a few targets, which is going to take away from Dalton Kincaid. And also, I think their run game could be a little better here. Two tight ends, which are bigger than my receivers, blocking for James Cook, for Latavius Murray, maybe even if they ever put Leno Fournette out there. So I think their run game is going to be better, but their um, wide receivers are going to play a little bit limited, limited more snaps other than Diggs and Davis. And Dalton Kincaid might be lowered on his um, ceiling because his volume might not be as high. And for the Chiefs, Another big thing with injuries. Isaiah Pacheco is going to miss this game, and it might be more than just one game. So 
if you have a spot open and either McKinnon or or um, CEH are available or both, go pick them up. Pick them up right now because um, look at last year. Last year, McKinnon just he, he a lot of managers wrote on his coattails, wrote his back to a championship. Weeks 13 through 18, he was amazing. Way too good than what he should have done. It's about that time again where he could be that guy. They're saying CH is going to start, so I think he's going to be in between the tackles, maybe a little goal line. McKinnon's going to be third down. And what's the problem with the Chiefs right now? Getting anyone to catch the ball. Kelsey's been not Kelsey. Rasheed Rice has been good, but they need more. I think that could be McKinnon. I I picked him up in as many leagues as I can, and I've started him in my DFS lineup. He's not that expensive. He's going to be their passing down back, and I think he's going to get a lot of dump-offs. Next game, we have the Broncos and the Chargers. For the Broncos, it's fairly straightforward here. They funnel the ball to just a few guys. Javante Williams. Chargers defense, their run defense is okay, but not great. You feel good about Javante in this game. Cortland Sutton, the Chargers secondary, is one of the worst in the league. Cortland Sutton should get a lot of volume. Jerry Judy might be playable this week, possibly. It's rare you can say that. And Russell Wilson's a decent streamer against the Chargers defense, and that's pretty straightforward for the Broncos. They're kind of an above average team to an average in that area. You know what you're getting, playing good defense and um, ball control, running the ball, short passing game. Russell Wilson escaping for a little bit of rushing yards as well. For the Chargers, there's been some news going out that Eckler might be losing his job a little bit. I, I don't know how true this is. He hasn't looked good at all. And healthy competition sometimes helps. But I, I don't know. He's, he's such a good dynamic player. I think they just need to utilize him better um, instead of just running with the middle. I, I don't know. But it sounds like they might be getting Josh Kelly more involved. And that's the case. That sucks for us fantasy managers because Eckler will get less touches and he hasn't been doing well with his touches to begin with. And Kelly's not that good either. So you're starting Herbert and you're starting Allen and then you're walking away from this team kind of if that's going to be the case. I don't know if it is. I'd still start Eckler just because he's Austin Eckler. He is amazing. But if he's going to get split workload with Kelly... With Joshua Kelly, then I don't know if you can truly start him, especially the, the value draft as around one top five pick. That's going to really hurt. Then the next game we have, the game of the week, Eagles at the Cowboys. This is going to be fun. For the Eagles, it sounds like Goddard's pack, um, and that's going to be good for the team, but bad for the Devonta Smith managers. Um, he always thrives when Goddard's out, and when he's back, he's the one that gets the targets eaten into. So I think Devontae Smith is going to be still startable. Wide receiver, 2-3-ish flex play in that area, but he's not going to be really expected to get these boom 20-plus point games like he has been the past few weeks. He's been awesome because A.J. Brown's still going to get his. Cowboys secondary is solid, but you, the Seahawks showed you can exploit them a little bit. And um, then next, it's going to be Devontae Smith and Goddard getting kind of the secondary targets after A.J. Brown. Um, and DeAndre Swift, I don't know if I'm comfortable starting him here. He hasn't really played well last week and the week before he was okay. But unless he gets involved in the passing game, which he kind of did last week, we were 
happy to see that. But unless that continues, I don't know about this week in particular because Cowboys defense is really good. And for the Cowboys themselves, I mean, their offense is one of the top offenses in the league. You're basically starting everybody. Pollard, Prescott, Lamb, Ferguson, even Brandon Cooks here lately. I think you can put him in as a flex because the Eagles secondary, you can be, they can be exploited. You can score on them. So all those guys are solid starts this week, even top two, three at the position as far as Lamb, Ferguson, and Dak this week. It's They're going to score a ton of points. Next up, we have the Monday night games, two of them this week. First is the Titans and the Dolphins. I think this is a very, very bad mismatch. Titans always play really tough, but what are they weakest against? The pass. What are they strongest against? Running up the middle. Neither one of those things are in their favor this week because the Tyree kill is going to go crazy against this defense, and the um, Dolphins running backs don't really focus their time up the middle. They bounce it outside, outside zones, tosses, little dump-offs. So um, you can start everybody this week. Tua. A-Chan, Mostert, maybe RB2 Flex, Tyreek, Waddle, you'd like to see more from Waddle. That's the one player that's kind of concerns me because Tyreek's getting so many targets. Then they get a lead and they kind of coast running the ball, checking down to the running backs. And um, that's just, they, they have such a big lead that Waddle's not really getting involved. That's the one part that concerns me a little bit. Um, and for the Titans themselves, um, you kind of have to start Derrick Henry, but don't expect much because the Dolphins' defense is pretty good, and you expect them to have a big lead, which means that the Titans are going to have to throw the ball. So Hopkins might be more involved. Be Hopkins and Ramsey. That'll be a fun matchup. But you like the amount of targets he's going to get. Will Levis is going to have to throw the ball all around the world to try to keep up, and I don't know if he's going to be able to do it. This game might get ugly. I don't know. We'll see. The next game is an okay game. It's the Packers and the Giants. For the Packers, it sounds like Christian Watson is dealing with a hammy again. He might miss this game, maybe multiple games. We'll see. But the good news is Aaron Jones might be back. He's been practicing a little bit, and he says he's feel, he's feeling pretty good. So if he's back, you're plugging him in. Giants' run defense is average to below average. Same with their pass defense, but they play good collectively, which is kind of strange. Um, it's probably because they're coached really well. So um, you're comfortable with Aaron Jones, Jordan Love, maybe. He's been playing really well of late, but without Christian Watson, Luke Musgrave is still going to be out. They're going to be down to Dobbs, Reed, um, and Aaron Jones. He's fine out of the backfield, so maybe. If you have a better option, maybe look into it, but if you don't, you can feel okay by starting um, by starting Love this week. But I'm not feeling super excited I don't know, maybe I'm not on the train just yet, but he's been playing really well, and I just haven't seen the hype. I haven't believed it yet. And for the Giants, Tom DeVito's look pretty decent. I think he's going to be able to move the ball against this Packers defense, who's average. It's average-ish. Um, and Saquon's going to get a lot of love. I think you can run against the Packers. And um, their receivers, Hyatt, Hyatt look pretty good. Darren Waller's fighting to come back. I don't think he's going to be back this week. So you can start Hyatt. You might start a couple of the other guys they have, like maybe a Rondell Robinson, maybe. But um, Hyatt for sure, Saquon definitely, because um, I think they'll be able to move the ball a little bit against this defense. 
Okay, that was for fake football. It's enough of that. Now let's get real. And I want to talk um, this week about utilizing your time and the value of it. Um, let's go to scripture to start with. Let's go to um, Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Focus in on that first couple sentences there. Look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time that you've been given. The unwise, they walk everywhere they want. They're not really careful what they're using their time with. The wise are. They make sure their priorities are in the right way, using their time the way that God gave them to use it. Psalms 90 verse 12, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Our days are numbered. We need to be wise with the way we use them. Um, and I want to focus in on the proper use of time with what we're watching, what we're listening to, how we're using the free time we have. You're working eight to five. You're working really hard. We touched on last week a work ethic. But when you're home and you're wanting to decompress, it's good to be entertained. It's good to have a little fun, but not using all your time. I'm really guilty of that myself. This is for me as much as it is for everyone. Um, I like to watch movies, play video games, just, you know, scroll on my phone, read articles, watch videos on YouTube. There is... There's some value to that, to have fun and be entertained, but you can't use your whole time on that. You need to spend time with your family, spend time with your kiddos that you might have, spend time with your wife, have good, deep conversations with your spouse, dive more deeper into the relationship with the Lord. That could be, that could be, definitely is the most important thing. So use some of the free time to read more than you have been to praise more than you have been, to pray more than you have been. Utilizing your time that God gave you is highly important because that is the most limited resource. We only have a certain amount of time on this earth and no one knows when our time is going to be up. Only the Lord knows when he's going to take us home. And while we're here on earth, we have a job to do. We have a task, a responsibility from God to spread his word, spread his gospel, and make disciples. And we're not gonna do that by just being entertained, just having fun. We're gonna spend time with family, spend time in God's word, and spend time out there in the world preaching the gospel, preaching the good news, making disciples. It's a task that's not easy, definitely not, but it's what God asks us in his word. Make disciples. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining me this week on the Fantasy Football CU podcast. We revamped our website a little bit. We saw some areas that need to be improved. Um, so be sure to jump on the homepage where you can go into our forums. Absolutely free. You can um, ask any questions you want. Um, have a prayer request area in there. You can just send a prayer request if you need them. Or if you just want to message me directly, I'd be happy to pray for you. Um, you can find me on X Fantasy Football CU without any vowels in Fantasy Football. 
um, just send me a message. I'll be happy to pray for you. Follow us for more content. And we also have lots of courses and resources to help your fantasy football um, battles going on throughout the rest of the year to playoffs and all the way to a championship. I'll be happy to look at your team, give you any advice you need. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next time. God bless you.